0: this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Hey, would you open your word today? And uh, I want to
1: talk this morning and just encourage, I I was conflicted this week. I was going back and forth, I had a topic, and then I just felt like, ah, oh, that's, not, that's not what I'm supposed to talk about. And so I was wrestling with this, and I believe today that the Lord just wants to encourage some people, and uh, to step into what God has for you today. So this morning, in this service, I'm going to be speaking about the me in team, the me in team, okay? So the me, M-E, like me, you know, yourself, in team, because... In order to have a team, you got to have multiple people, (laughs) right? you got to have multiple people. You look across all all types of sports, even, let's say, a runner or someone that plays golf. You go, well, they don't have a teammate. Well, they do. They've got a coach. They've got other people that are helping them. They're still a team together. And so uh, we're going to look mostly in the book of Ephesians. If you would go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 2 this morning. And uh, we're going to sit on this for a bit in one other scripture, main scripture in Ephesians chapter 4, so you won't have to move too far as, in terms of uh, turning the pages. But today, Lord, we open our hearts, not just our ears, our physical ears on our body, but we open our spiritual ears today to receive a word from you. Lord, you have something in store for us. And we thank you, Lord. So I thank you for helping me to communicate what you want to say today and help people receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians 2, verse 10, it says this, for we are God's handiwork. Just say that, handiwork. You know what handiwork is? It's in other translations, it says masterpiece. Think of like an artist drawing a, a big old picture And they get done and they step back and they just look and they go, wow, that's beautiful. You think through all the years of art and these amazing uh, painters and sculptors and they do these different things and they step back and they're done and people recognize it and they say, wow, that's a masterpiece. It's beautiful. But guess what? God calls you his masterpiece. He calls you his handiwork. It's like he took his hands, he took what he had, and he created you just how he wanted you to be. You were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. So here in the word Paul is telling the Ephesian church, but really he's speaking to us today, the word is coming to us today, that we are God's handiwork, but we were created in Christ Jesus. It wasn't like just God did something and we're out there and we're doing our own thing, but he created us in Christ Jesus to do good works. Say good works. And it's not like our good works save us because just before this, Paul said it it wasn't our good works that saved us. It was only God's grace that did it. But he says we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So I've just got a few points that I want to share with you today. Number one, God created me and I have meaning. I'm special, unique, one of a kind. Okay? That's for you. So as I'm reading this, I'm not just up here talking about, hey, I'm special. No, I need you to catch today and remind yourself that you are God's work. You're special, you're unique, and you are one of a kind. God created you, and you have meaning. He just didn't slap you together. You don't have a body, and you're going, well, I just, I don't know. I just don't have anything to live for. I I just, I'm not special. I, I don't have, no, God created you special, and you have meaning. You know, I, I mention in art or like in furniture, sometimes you see you go to a store, let's say like Ikea, you go there, and uh, what do they have? They have a lot of furniture that you can get at a really reasonable price, but what is it? It's all the same. <laughs> they have a manufacturing place. They build this table or this bookshelf. What you could buy thousands and thousands of that same bookshelf, and it looks the same. But at the same time, there's other pieces that are created either in art or furniture, and they call them a a one-of-a-kind. They're unique. That means that even if they have similarities, they're still different. I, I don't know if you've ever found that. Sometimes, I'll admit this, I like to go antique shopping. I do. Because sometimes I think for me, I see something, I go, okay, what could that be? I enjoy that. But many times when you're doing something like that or estate sales or anything like that, you find unique things that are one of a kind. They may have similarities with something else, but there is a distinction. All the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. The psalmist is declaring this about God. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You know you right? You know you. You know your inside and your outside. You know your strengths. You know your weaknesses, but here the psalmist is reminding us that we are his workmanship. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And it says this in verse 17, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. Somebody today, you need to remind yourself that God has precious thoughts towards you because he created you and you are special to him. And I'm bringing it up, and maybe that's something you already know, but I think there's people that need to be reminded, wherever you're at in life, you're young, you're old, you've you've done some things, you haven't done some things, God... Loves you and he created you for purpose and on purpose. You are special, you're unique. So I just want to ask you today, do you understand, do you know that you're God's masterpiece? Do you know that he created you and you can do only what you can do? No one else can do what you can do. You know, they say that there's, you know, obviously there's some things in life that most other people can do, but there are pieces that only you can do. There's a a talent that you have that God has put inside of you, and your combination of what God has created and put in you, no one else can match. No one else can match it. He made you unique. So number two today, God gave me gifts, and I have a purpose. I've got tools and an assignment. So right, it said in Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork, it says that we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So number two, God gave me gifts and I have a purpose. Would you just say that with me today? God gave me gifts and I have a purpose, okay? You have some things inside of you. You may not know all of them. They may not be developed yet, but God put something inside of you. You've got tools and you have an assignment. There's something on your life that God has for you because he prepared it ahead of time that you should walk in it. On a job site, if you've ever been to a job site, you know, when they're building, let's say, a hotel or some kind of complex, you know, you go to a job site, and they're building this new, this new, uh, uh, this new structure, and there's a lot of different skills, there's a lot of different abilities that are all needed to make that thing come together, right? You know that uh, when you're building something, especially a large building, you have framers, People that come in, sometimes they're welding, sometimes they're putting up you know, the sections of the walls that they're doing, but there's also electricians, there's plumbers, there's drywallers, there's painters, there's carpeting, there's wall finishings, there's decor and furniture. There's so many different things, but guess what? If those people don't use their gifts, that building is not going to turn out right. Right? They have what's called inspections. They have somebody that comes through that is trained to look for specific things and they say, no, nah, that, that wall isn't done right. Or no, you didn't do that welding correctly. And so on a job site, everybody has an assignment. Everybody has a job to do. And in order for that job to come to completion, they all have to, right? they have to do their part. They have tools, right? Uh, A framer is going to have different tools than somebody laying carpet. They have different tools. It's the same with us. It's the same with you and with me. We have different unique gifts that God has given us, and we need to use them because he has assignment for us. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, Jeremiah declares this. Now, this is Jeremiah, and he's writing this, and he says, The word of the Lord came to me, Saying, now this is God speaking to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet. To the nations, it goes on, and there's a little bit of time that records where Jeremiah is saying, "Lord, but I, I'm I'm young. I don't know what to do." And the Lord begins to train Jeremiah. He'll say, uh, "Here's this picture," and he says, "What does it mean?" And Jeremiah goes, "Well, I think it's this." You can read it all in here, but here Jeremiah, he's starting to catch and understand that he's got tools and he's got an assignment, and that assignment was to be God's prophet. That was to be one that came on behalf of God and spoke words in a time where there was not much happening from the Lord because of a lot of sin and disobedience. So, in this, Jeremiah knew that he was a prophet. And my question for you today is what's your assignment? What has God put you on this earth for? You know, a lot of times, we'll get back into it coming up here, but we have something that we call our growth track. And one of those days, we actually spend time going through and talking about your leadership and finding out who God has made you to be. If you don't know that, we'd love to help you find that out. But many times, it just comes through the things that you like and enjoy. I like to work with my hands. I like to build things. And uh, so I know that the Lord will use that in ministry to help build other people, to help see things come to pass. And so I know for me that's something that I have, but a question for you, what were you set apart for? What has God created for you? You know, in the book of Luke, Jesus was talking, and he shared a story about, uh, many of us may know it, but it's the parable of the talents, okay? And it says in uh, Luke chapter 19, Verse 12, therefore he said, A certain nobleman went into a far country, ten of his servants, he said, Come here, kingdom. delivered to them ten. So he called ten of his servants, he said, Come here, and he delivered to them ten minas, and said to them, Do business till I come. Now, if you go on read, many of us are know where uh, the, the king comes back and he calls his servants in and he says, I want to find out what you did with what I gave you. And so he goes to the first one and he says, well, I gave you one. And he goes, Master, your one mina has earned you ten. And what does he say? Well done, good and faithful servant, because he commends him for taking what he was given and using it and bringing a reward back, and, and it goes through, and we, we know that in that story, you can read it later, there was three particular servants called out, one that uh, turned 10 minas out of one, there was one that turned five minas out of one, and then there was one that he brought his mina back, and just a currency, and he said, well, here you go, I knew you were a hard man, I knew that you did this and that. And he goes, what does he call him? If you know it, he says, you're a wicked servant. You're wicked. Because he just said, well, I'll take what I have. I'm going to hide it away. I'm not going to do anything with it. But I believe God is calling us to take what we have, our tools, our assignment, and to get get into it. Get started. Because there is somebody that needs your smile today. There's somebody that needs your hug. There's somebody that needs your encouragement. There's, there's somebody that just needs you to listen today. But I can't do that all on my own, right? There's so many people we can't do it on our own, so we each have to jump in and find out what God has called us to do. I also mentioned in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, if you turn over that way if you're still there in Ephesians, uh, in verse 7 it says this, but to each one of us grace was given... Uh, And and to us, the measure of Christ's gift was given to us. Uh, Going on in verse 11, it says this, and he himself, this is talking about Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. Ministry is work. It's not just like you slap it in there and you go, boo, it's done, awesome. Awesome. No, it takes a lot of work. He goes on to say, Till we all the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every word of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up. This is what the point is, that we would grow up into all things into him who is the head. That's Christ Jesus. And it goes on to say, Christ, from whom the whole body, we're the body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Would you say that with me? Every part does its share. Now, this is not like some communist teaching where you know we're all doing the same thing and if you don't give it you know you it's not that but I believe that God is saying you have a part to play you have tools you have an assignment I've made you special and I need you to jump in and to do your share because I can't do what only you can do but when we do our share it says it causes growth of the body that's us we're the body of Christ we're his people And when we do our part, when we do our share, it says we grow. We have growth in the body. And it also is edified in love. Number three, and and we'll finish up here quickly in just a moment. Number three, God designed me and my gifts to fit into his body. God designed me and my gifts to fit into his body. I've got a place to fit and to thrive. I've got a place to fit and to thrive. And I, and I, I just believe that and, and sense that the Lord is calling us as his body, as believers, that you have a special place in his family, in his body, in his team. You have a special place. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful life. It says this, Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You know, when we step in, when we realize, when we grab a hold of who God has created us to be, what he has for us, we step into understanding, and knowing that we are his people. So question for you today, where do you fit in the body? Where do you fit on God's team? You know, if you look at a sports team, there's so many different players, so many different things. Football, 53-man roster. But is that everybody? No. There's a whole slew of coaches on the sideline. There's coaches up in the stand. What else do you have? You have trainers. You have doctors. You have you even have guys that are on what they call the practice squad. They still get paid money. They're part of the team because they're prepping and they're part of it. They may have a different role, but they all have a part to play. And so all of us, we have a place to fit into God's body. But the, the challenge I think sometimes that we run into is you go, well, what am I supposed to do? Well, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know how to play an instrument. Well, guess what? There's a lot of different places that you can fit in right? Can you smile good? Done. You're on the greeters team. Can you point well? We need you in parking. Can you you love people? We just need you to be a part of the team to love those people that are going to come here. And you can't look at who's here now. You got to catch on the inside that God is bringing a lot of people that aren't here yet. People that don't usually feel loved, people that don't usually feel taken care of, and we have a part to play in that. Psalm 92, verses 13 and 14, I bring this up because it says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Now, you may have a job out in the business world. I'm not telling you to quit your job. Don't do that. I mean, you've got to keep, you know provide for your family, do all those kind of things. But I believe that regardless if you work out in the business world, whatever it is, you have your own business, you work for somebody, uh, or if you're doing a, a, a vocational job within the church, whatever it is, we all have a part to play in God's body, in his church. And guess what? If you don't know where to start, just start getting planted well, what am I supposed to do? Just greet somebody today. Well, I haven't gone through anything. I I don't know what to do. That's okay. Can you say hi to them? Yeah, I could do that. Okay, say hi to them. And there's so many different things, but there is simplicity in jumping in and serving and being a part of what God has for us. Finally, number four today, God has a place of leadership and influence for me. God has a place of leadership and influence for me. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to lead a bunch of people, you have to do this, you have to do, don't get that out of your mind. Uh, John Maxwell, who is uh, likely one of the greatest uh, leadership uh, individuals that we have, he teaches, he's written so many, many different books, God has given him a special gift, but he boils leadership down to one thing, and that's influence. Influence. You have influence over somebody. Whether it's here at church, whether it's at your job, whether it's in your own family, oh, that hurts a little bit, right? Even for me, I have influence in my own family. I need to do it well. But God has a place of leadership and influence for me, for you. And I love this. I've got shepherding potential. Just say that. I've got shepherding potential. Now, why would I even say that? Well, in the Bible, they, had, uh, they used what they had, right? Right? They, they used, and so Jesus talked about how his leaders he called shepherds, overseers, people that care for what he called the flock of God, his people. And so for us, whether you see yourself or, or not doing this, you have leadership potential. You have the ability to lead somebody else. You start with yourself, right? Lead myself but to influence and to love other people. In, uh, in Ephesians, again, in chapter 4, verse 12, it says the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, just before that, Paul lays out there's a few people that he's put in the church, apostles, uh, doc, uh, apostles excuse me, apostles, uh, a lot of different leaders that he's put in place. So don't think about them because their job is really to equip you. They don't do all the ministry. I don't know about you, but I I grew up in church, and I grew up when I was younger, uh, I saw a lot of work being done by my parents. They were pastors, and I saw uh, other people that were the church, and many times people looked at them and they said, well, they're the pastors, they do the work. Well, I think that's a a wrong track of thinking that somehow got interwoven into ministry or into church we all have a part to play. <laughs> we all have meaning. We all have importance in what God has for us. Acts twenty twenty eight. 28, this is Paul again, but he is speaking to leaders in, uh, in Ephesus, and he says, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. You know, when we... Look at this. I just want to remind you today that, you know, what, what are the four points? God created me, and I have meaning. God created me, I have meaning. God gave me gifts, and I have a purpose. You're, you're not a mistake Don't let anybody else tell you that. You have meaning, you have purpose. God designed me, God designed you. He's given us gifts and to fit into his body, to be on his team. And God has given you a place of leadership and authority. We have to learn sometimes, we have to grow sometimes, but the Lord wants to work in you and through you because only you can do what God has for you to do. I can't do it for you. I might try, but I'm gonna probably, I'm gonna fall. (laughs) I'm going to come up short. And so today, uh, I hope you hear the heart that the Father just wants to speak to you, wherever you're at today. If you're already doing something, great, but keep going. The Lord has even more for you. It doesn't stop here. It's not like, well, I just reached here and that's it. No! He's got more for you today. So whether you're here in person or online, make sure you remind yourself that you have purpose that you're unique, that you have a place to fit into God's team, right? The me in team. There's a team, but there's also individuals, and we have to step into what God has for us and what He has destined us to be. Amen. Would you just bow your hearts, uh, your heads today? I think Amen.
0: Take that Mark, out. that was such a good word today, Lord. We come before you. We respond to that word. We open our hearts to you and say. Whatever part you have for me to play, that's the part I want to play. Would you pray that simple prayer to the Lord? Wherever you have for me, that's where I want to be. I desire to be in the place God has for me. I want to be where I fit. Don't, I don't want to force fit, nor do I want to allow my place to be vacant, my seat to be vacant. There is a place at the table, Lord, for every person And I pray, God, that you'd get us into that fit in Jesus' name. If you can get salmon upstream, if you can get birds back to South America every year, and they don't even have the Holy Spirit, we thank you that you can get us in our God-ordained place. In the name of Jesus. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.